All right. Let the record show that Thomas entered my property without my permission, and I am telling him I this plan is, on recording. This part is not your property, man. <laughs> I know oh, you're is. right. This is not. This is your property, yeah. and you gave me the right to stay here. No, and you are. You entered this. What is it? A domicile without my permission. I don't need and I told you I'd be recording, and I am in the middle of Section 633.5 investigating a crime, or a set of crimes, that you have been committing with your vicious dog. And I just now videotaped you with your vicious dog. So you asked you to come and talk to me, and I said, okay, 4 o'clock, so I can get my computer, which is hung up. Okay, so... Um, but you're provoking him, that is the problem. So if that is not provoking him. Stepping outside two feet of my of where I live is not provoking the dog. Uh, I think it's overheating or something, that's why. All right. Yesterday you were talking about something about the fence. What other way I would have uh, constructed this fence? What do, you, what do you want to talk about? I mean, you came what down here it? to talk about the dog. You're saying I'm provoking him by stepping yeah, outside so, here? Hey, you understand the dog. Yes, you can, and I have I have asked asked for your permission to change your dog's behavior to get your dog on my side, so I'm on your dog's team, mm -hmm. and you said no. That is because I didn't have the confidence in you to let you take care of the dog. That is bullshit. No, that no. an eight-year-old can walk your dog on your property no. with your leash. Okay. What I'm wondering is. Can you record uh, on Anchor at the same time as recording a phone conversation? So if I were talking I would be talking on Rochelle's bad phone right now. I'm calling and it should get... I was just on the phone with her for like an hour when I interrupted the phone call because the dog started talking. Your call has been forwarded to an automated voice messaging system. It's me. He's not available. I don't know if you can hear from here, but the owner is calling his dog. His dog is freely, freely running. So, uh, I find it kind of annoying. So the dog's still out. The owner's still calling him, uh, calling Rochelle back. Oh, that's really aggravating and scary as fuck, listening to that dog bark at me. I don't know if you know that, Rochelle. All right, so what this is going to be is um, me talking or, uh, to and about trying to get mediation for an incident with me and uh, Pastor Joel King at Trinity Crossroads where I was trying to set up a, a depression group at Trinity. In essence, I was trying to start Depressed Anonymous uh, with the Celebrate Recovery uh, slash Christian um, viewpoint of the whole thing, which is that we don't believe that God, you know, as we understood him, we believe in, that Jesus is God. And that was originally what what uh, uh, the AA program was about, was it was very much a, a Bible study, a Christian Bible study. They called themselves the Oxford Group. And the only reason why they included the language of uh, God as we understood him originally was because they had... Uh, at the time, there was this weird issue between Christ Roman Catholics and Protestants. And uh, it was weird. Like, they considered themselves Christians. The other side, they considered to be Christians. And uh, maybe they did or didn't or something. It is so weird. Anyway, so that's how the uh, God as we understood him phrase got put into the, thir into the third and tenth steps of, uh, of AA. So Celebrate Recovery took those phrases out, included basically saying, uh, you know, Jesus is God. And, and the problem is with that, that approach, although I don't think there's a problem with saying Jesus is God, the problem with, was that they implemented 
with Celebrate Recovery that it was an aspect of the local church. It was a ministry of the local church, no different than, say, the children's ministry. So if you came into the children's ministry and said, oh, I've been working on children's ministry for two decades now, and I have some ideas. Do you mind if I implement my ideas in your church, in your children's ministry? And they would say, yes, we mind. We don't want you to do it. Don't do it. They would say, come alongside us if you, you know, are a believer and we like you and all that stuff, then, uh, you know, we might implement some of your ideas if we like them. But uh, it's very much a ministry of the local church, the children's ministry. And now Celebrate Recovery is a leader, a, a ministry, which is uh, part of the local church. And so what happens and has happened here in... Um, Bay Area, we got Foxworthy Baptist, which uh, had a pastor come in and basically wipe out the ministry because he didn't want it or didn't like it or some reason. And then we had uh, the one I was involved with, which which is uh, Jubilee. They the pastor at Jubilee retired and it became Crossroads or Venture or Harvest or whatever. I don't really know what they call themselves now. And uh, they didn't want to celebrate recovery, so Pastor Jesse, who was running it, got kind of shunted aside and um that's that uh, uh what's going on some weird thing happened on my um computer i'm spraying uh as i as i talk because oh it's doing it again weird it's it's telling the uh computer that it wants to uh it's clicking on something i think i got water in the keyboard or something all right so uh celebrate recovery is a ministry of the local church and it's subject to the whims of the local pastors where there it goes again What's happening is it's going to Google Docs. Okay. I, I would like to be able to modify and edit these things, but I don't know how just yet. Because <clears throat> it doesn't make a lot of sense to include in a podcast, you know, the technical difficulties that you have while you're recording. Give me a break. While I'm talking, my uh, my computer is jumping straight out and opening up a whole new file for um, uh, Google Docs. And it's done it four times while I've been talking. I think it's because I got somehow water in the keyboard or something. But I have no idea. Well, I mean, I have an idea, but I have no idea what to do and how to recreate or edit this, this recording so that it, you know, you guys don't have to listen to that shit. <laughs> okay. Local ministry. This is the third time me saying that Celebrate Recovery is a function of the local ministry. And I expect that this computer is going to fight me saying that because I believe there is uh, spiritual warfare surrounding this whole thing. So Celebrate Recovery has, as their weak point, the, the fact that it's a local ministry and we have seen Foxworthy Baptist wipe out Celebrate Recovery. We have seen Jubilee Christian Center wipe out Celebrate Recovery. And, and we're talking wipe out, let alone it was a week program to begin with, like on the in the weekend or the uh, during the holidays when the depressives need it the most, that's when they shut down. That doesn't even happen in the secular program. You know, they have alkathons so that you, during the time when you need them the most, you can go there and get some food and listen to, to meetings, like uh, four, five, ten meetings a day. So they know more, they do do it better than the local churches. The local churches are set up so that people can get paid to come in eight hours a day and deal with things and go home and not deal with them. That's what they're doing, and it's not healthy. <laughs> anyway, so I wanted to start a meeting, a 12-step meeting, like Celebrate Recovery, for depression, 12 steps for depression, essentially depressed anonymous, but not with uh, uh, step three be having God as we understood him. 
And I, and I approached uh, Pastor Joel about it. I, this isn't the first time I have tried to do this kind of thing. And Joel told me, uh, what did he say? Something to the effect. He said straight to me in church, in, pu- in public with nobody else listening. He said, um, you're not the right guy to be running that ministry. And I, my, I was really kind of blown away. That's a weird thing to say, first of all. And I said, well, I, and at the time I had like 35 years. And now I was like, I got 35 years. You know, what What more do you need? It's 35 years in 12-step group. And I said, am I not broken enough? And then he kind of repeated it. He said, well, you're not the right guy. And it's like, what the fuck does that mean? And it, and it leads us to this five years later or more years later or however many years later, me trying to establish some kind of a of a thing where we can find out what he meant because it's it's kind of pure bullshit. Okay? And it's I'm I'm trying to fix the two problems that are associated with 12-step groups and church and get the meeting going, and he's introducing even more bullshit into the equation. And it's like, what the fuck? And I would like to know. That's what, kind of what the whole point is. Yeah, maybe I'm a difficult person. I didn't swear like this before. I have been gradually falling into a swearing mode because I am so frustrated with the church. I am frustrated with Christians. I am frustrated with 12-step programs. I am frustrated with being a depressive and not having tools to work this frustrated with the medical community, which tries to take your money when you're a depressive. They're all about taking your money, billions and billions of dollars. Well, if you give us money, we'll give you this thing and it will make you feel better or get rid of your depression or cause some kind of anxiety further in your life or whatever. Those Those are just side effects. Death is just a side effect. But give us your money. Oh, and you should be going to a, you know, a $200 an hour psychiatrist. So, you know, okay, $2 a minute to talk to somebody about your issues. Like anybody's going to be able to, to figure out someone's issues, even at $2 a minute. If, if people had that kind of money, which they don't, so you get the insurance, which means you got to put yourself through all kinds of, uh, of issues in order to get to the point where you have the insurance. Okay. You, we're working, you're, you're subjecting yourself to stress. And I think that's a positive thing. It probably works for a lot of people, but sometimes you don't get that kind of insurance. I I put myself under a lot of stress. I ended up being an electrical engineer and get the degree and become a an a, you know an electrical engineer, and that's a stressful fucking job. And I should have gotten pretty good fucking insurance, and basically no, didn't have good insurance. So even though you put yourself out there, you don't really necessarily get good insurance. Okay. So I'm really frustrated with the fucking insurance aspect of it. (sighs) All right. So that's the point of me getting information on setting up a mediation dispute. I have very little confidence that Joel will answer a mediation dispute request and that we will get to the bottom of it. Uh, But I'm willing to try. There's a Bible verse about things that are brought done in the darkness will be brought out into light and God is very much a God of the light, and he wants things done out in the light, out in the open. If you got something to say, you say it out in the open. You you be truthful and be honest. You don't have to be mean. But sometimes, you know, even Jesus was a little bit mean, you know, kind of he was the guy going in there taking down all the guys in the temple, and that wasn't very nice. It was a little bit mean. But he was truthful, he was honest, and he was on the right side of the Jewish law at the time. Because you're not supposed to have that kind of shit in the temple. And the Jew- Jewish leaders all knew that. That he was doing their job for them. They just didn't have the courage to do it. And they probably made money on the side from it anyways. So that's why they didn't, when he was on trial, he, they didn't even bother to bring that up. Because that was just obvious evidence of their own corruption. So yeah, Jesus can be mean. But he was truthful and he's honest. And I, and I pr- try to be truthful and honest. And... And I try not to be mean, but sometimes I'm the guy making the cords in the temple because because people are acting the way they are. Jesus was a little bit mean to the woman who wanted to be healed. And he said, uh, well, let the children eat first. 
What he meant was let the Jewish children eat first. You let them have their healings from him because she was asking for a healing for her daughter and she wasn't even a Jew. And he's basically saying, hey, I came here for the Jews first. And then she answered, she said, well, you know, even the dogs get scraps off the tables. So she's telling God in the flesh, she knew he has a lot more authority than just a regular person. And she's basically telling him, hey, I'm, uh, I know I'm not a Jew. In your eyes, I might just be a dog. So yeah, treat me like a dog. Give me a scrap off of the table because I am a dog. So, and that was what the Jews at the time would call them. They called Gentiles. They call them dogs. And Jesus is sitting there. Jesus didn't directly call her a dog. He said, "Let the children eat first. Actually, I think he did tell call her a dog. He said, that "There's the next verse is something about, you know, it's not proper for the, give the dogs give what the children are supposed to eat." So he, in essence, he called her a dog. And she's saying, yes, I am a dog. Please give me a scrap of food that you would give a dog. And he said, well, you answered really well, you know. And because of that, your faith has healed you. But that was pretty mean to call her a dog. And that's the God. He represents, he is God. And yet he was mean. So, yeah, I can be mean, I guess. I'm kind of fed up with uh, where things are going with Christianity and uh, and how I got here. And I'll tell you, you know, I I don't think people know how to preach the word. They they forget John three seventeen. John three sixteen is a beautiful verse. Uh, Whosoever uh, follows him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Okay. Beautiful verse, and it's like Christian's favorite verse. But John three seventeen is something along the lines that, well, uh, even the even Son of Man, Jesus, didn't come to judge. So if Jesus even himself said he didn't come to judge, then what the fuck are these Christians doing judging others, okay? Because I'll tell you, when I was a non-Christian and they were telling me the message of, of Christ, this is the message. The message is, you're a sinner and you need Jesus to save you from sin. You might as well be saying, you are a scumbag. But Jesus is a good guy, so he thinks you're a scumbag, but if you accept him, then he's going to forgive you. Who would accept Jesus under those terms. Let me tell you about my friend Frank, who owns a property, and you cross over onto his property every day on the way to your donut shop. Every single day, you are trespassing on Frank's property, and Frank likes you. He knows you. He or he knows likes what he sees about you. He he wants to be part of your life, and Frank thinks you're a scumbag. But don't worry, because Frank's already forgiven you. He he just wants to be a part of your life, scumbag. So um, uh, would you like to? Uh, schedule a coffee and tea and have become part of Frank's life. Who thinks you're a scumbag? But all you got to do is you just show up for coffee and tea with Frank. And uh, Frank, you know, he, he, he'll be good with, uh, with you crossing over his land or whatever it is that why he thinks you're a scumbag. Okay. But, you know, Frank wants to be part of your life. Nobody would show up for Frank's house for coffee and tea. Fuck that. Okay. And that's how the gospel is being preached by these fucking Christians who were raised Christian. Okay. It's bullshit. It's so much bullshit that people like me need to stand up and start saying, oh, you know what? Fuck that. And fuck you for saying that. And fuck the whole thing because that ain't right. You're missing John 3.17. Jesus came and he didn't wasn't here to judge. So who the fuck do you think you fucking are to fucking present judgment as part of the fucking message of Christ? Okay? You're worse than that woman that Jesus called a dog. You are worse than that, and you need to you need to claim up to that because you're you're getting you're going to be called out for being a fucking spiritual dog, and holding other people to accountable to a, a you know a level of message that you couldn't even handle yourself. You were raised Christian, and you're pushing that. You should be pushing a non-judgmental message from the get-go. Judgment is for for. The Holy Spirit, and that's it. You, you guys want to talk about judgment? You, you read the word and let the Holy Spirit tell you, because I ain't telling you. That is not my job. The Holy Spirit has the worst fucking job in the whole fucking universe, and that's 
her, his, whatever it is. That's their job. That ain't mine. So yeah, uh, from what I can see, it does say that you're a scumbag or you're a sinner or whatever it is. But I'm a sinner and I'm a scumbag, okay? And I had to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior and uh, that he's God. And so so do you, okay? But I, the message ain't that you're a scumbag. The message is you're a beautiful person and God wants you part of your life. And that's the part I get to give you is the good news. And the bad news is whatever the Holy Spirit has to tell you because that ain't my fucking job. It's the Holy Spirit's fucking job and the hor most horrible message, the most horrible job in the world. And that's the Holy Spirit's job ain't mine. And the people that are doing and stepping up and trying to do it are, in essence, they are some of the most horrible people, and yet they're Christian believers. Okay, so, trying to set up this whole thing with, uh, why can't I get the Depressives Anonymous slash 12 Crest group started? And Joel says, oh, you're not the right guy. And then uh, he said it twice to me, and... Uh, then I thought about it for weeks, weeks and months, maybe. And I asked Bill Huffman to present to Joel saying, you know, maybe you got it kind of wrong. Maybe you think I was trying to start a Celebrate Recovery ministry at your church, which I'm really not interested in doing. I don't want to be the leader of Celebrate Recovery at your church. And maybe you think I'm not the right guy for that. And that's fine with me that you think I'm not the right guy because I don't even want that job. Okay, what I want to do is I want to rent space from your church for a 12-step group. Now, you already rent space to Al-Anon, a 12-step group. And I'm a member of Al-Anon, been a member for, at the time, 35 years or so. And you're making a big deal out of Charlie, who's in the 12-step you know, program. I think it was Alcoholics Anonymous. And he had like 12 years of recovery, and that's beautiful. I like it. I love it. That's fantastic. But as far as I can see, and as far as I can tell, and the math is pretty simple, that a person with 35 years in 12 steps recovery has more years in recovery and exposure to the 12 steps than someone with 12 years of recovery. But it's pretty simple math. Okay? So what the Christian church is doing and has been doing for generations is they're recruiting cheerleaders, people who are cheerleaders for Christ. They're not recruiting the very first person ever to be enter heaven was, wasn't was a cheerleader for Christ. He uh, just spent a few minutes already giving him a, a pile of crap. And then he realized, wow, Jesus really can take a shit. And Jesus is a good person, and he, I'm a bad person. Well, Jesus, just please remember me in your kingdom. That's all he gave Jesus. He didn't. He was a thief on the cross. He didn't have anything else to. There's nothing else to give for him. Can't even give the clothes off his back because they stripped the clothes off of you. So he's got words and and the truth behind those words. I'm pretty sure Jesus saw the truth, and because Jesus can see the truth in your heart, he saw it and he said, "Oh, you're going to be with me in paradise today, buddy." Okay. But what the Christian church is recruiting is people who are going to be cheerleaders. And if you're not a cheerleader, you're really not all that welcome at church. They really don't want you there. They sing, come as you are, but in reality, it's come as we want you to be. And you'd you better shape up and uh, start showing up as a cheerleader for Christ or we're just really not interested in having you around and we're going to tell you that you're not the right guy for such and such ministry. And when we ask why, we don't want to tell you why. Because what we want is we want cheerleaders. I think that's what it's, this is about. Recruiting cheerleaders for Christ. Anyway, so I contacted this group asking them to be uh, to uh, mediate. I don't have any confidence. And even the first email basically said, well, you know, both sides have to agree to mediation. And do you want to talk? Yeah, I'll talk. So I called him. We recorded the call for me trying to reach him. And he's not there. Or he's not answering or whatever. So more frustration. 
more not knowing why I'm I'm not the right guy even to rent a fucking room from the church where I'm in good standing to do a 12-step group, which can meet, re, be applicable to millions and millions of people. And gosh, here in, you know, what Silicon Valley, one of the funniest lines I ever saw, a very cynical guy who was going to the 12-step celebrate recovery you know, you know, why don't people show up for this depression ministry? <laughs> he said, oh, because this is Silicon Valley. This is the land of the happy people. <laughs> oh, shit. He nailed it. He nailed it. <laughs> I mean, it's the obvious opposite. He was saying satire. This is not the land of the happy people. We should be really happy. It's beautiful weather, beautiful scenery, reasonably strong economy. But the people around here suck. This is not the land of the happy people. This is the land of the people who are miserable to each other. <clears throat> okay, anyways, so trying to set up mediation. Can't get the mediation set up. It has to be between two parties that agree. And I don't see Pastor Joel agreeing to mediation. So I just want to document my efforts at getting mediation because I think that's going to become a big issue in the future somehow. I don't know why or how. It's going to it's going to it's gonna blow up in Joel's face. Or maybe it'll blow up in my face. I mean who knows? You don't really know. So uh but the Bible says it's better to have things done in the light rather than done in things that are done in the darkness will be brought out to the light. And I think that was kind of a thing that was done in the darkness in the darkness of the recesses of Joel King's mind, why I am not the right person to be doing that program of renting a 12-step, a room for a 12-step group, Christian group, from his church. That That's mind-boggling, that a person would not be the right person to do that. So I think in his mind, he thought I, I was trying to, to be the one who runs Celebrate Recovery, and I don't want to be the one to run Celebrate Recovery. I didn't want to be the one who runs Celebrate Recovery. I just wanted to rent a room in the church and run a 12-step group myself. Okay? Uh, and so he said, no, I don't think you're the right guy for running that ministry. In his mind is what he thought I was asking, which I said explicitly, I'm not asking to do that. And so then I re-approached re him through Bill Huffman, and I said very explicitly, I'm not asking for that. I'm asking to rent a room. Just like you have rented to Al-Anon, and I would like to rent a room for this meeting. And he still said no. It just doesn't make any sense why a person would say no under those conditions. Maybe I wasn't in much of a position to pay for it. Okay, I get it. But that wasn't, wasn't even discussed. So I think it was just Joel has said no earlier, and he just didn't want to re-examine it, and that's it. He's already said no, made his decision no, and he made said no to the wrong thing, to the thing that wasn't being asked, and he doesn't give a flying fuck that a new thing is, and it wasn't even a new thing. It was the thing, I'm trying to clarify, this is what I really was asking. I want you to know that that's what I really have been asking and want to do, and you're saying no to the wrong thing, the wrong thing that's in your head, your fucking head. I didn't say it that way. I tried to, it was all put very politely, and he still said no. Joel has attended meetings. I think he's attended Al-Anon meetings even. He's gone to 12-step meetings. But he is not a person with a 12-step background or with you know, exposure to AA. The reason is because it was part of his job. And he went with the kids that were under his care that went to these meetings. And he said even in a sermon once that, that you know it's because he's been to a lot of meetings. That's why he has exposure to the 12 steps. So he might have exposure to the 12 steps, but he, what he doesn't have exposure to is working the 12 steps and making them work in your life because your your life kind of depends on it at a certain point. He does not have that kind of exposure. And that colors his perception of it. I'm going to stop recording now because I believe you only get 30 minutes. If you'd like, it says heads up, you can record for 30 minutes in your web browser. If you'd like to record for longer, you can use any app any app on your computer, and then upload the file. Huh. I guess 
I'll have to try that some other point. All right, I'm stopping. All right, well, um, David called me back, and I'm pretty sure I can't record phone calls on my phone, so this is just me recording. And I know that it, that I'm not. Um, I probably don't, I'm not even going to ask him for permission to record. I just uh, I'm tired of people lying to me, and uh, and I believe I'm building a social network of um, people who um, we're going to call ourselves a precariat class, and the precariat class is kind of like when the, when you started. You know, this is a social movement, like having the. Uh, the unions were a social uh, labor movement. This would be a social movement. And so the unions used to fight it out in the street with the people and the people had the law on their side on against the unions. It used to be illegal to unionize. It used to be against the law. And then uh, they sent bring the Pinkerton guards and Pinkertons had the law on their side, believe it or not at the time. And so the unions had to fight it out and change the law. So now you can you can unionize out on the job site, and and it is legal. And the, the threat of force behind it is the unions they have muscle too, and they had muscle. That's how they got where they are. So now there's a threat of uh, of just uh, we're going to record your phone calls. We're going to be Linda Tripp. Okay, nothing bad ever happened to Linda Tripp. She was being uh, um, approached in order to uh, conduct. Uh, uh, perjury on behalf of the president, and she didn't think that was right, and ended up the president got impeached with a blue dress full of DNA on it as a result of her recording her phone calls with Monica Lewinsky. And then we had another president impeached because of recorded phone call that they, apparently there you know this guy Adam Schiff sent in somebody who was a whistleblower and an anonymous. Uh, uh, witness protection type of thing, which is pretty much the first time, as far as I could tell, that there's ever been an anonymous witness protection whistleblower in politics. It's just nonsense. But that person's recording the call, I think is a recorded call to begin with, uh, with statement calls. State Department calls are probably recorded. And so, you know, here's a here's a guy that no, nothing bad ever happened to him, and he almost brought down the president. So both people who, who recorded calls when their lives were not endangered or whatever, and... So it's illegal for ordinary people to record phone calls to, to record against people's wishes. But ordinary people have done it, and there has been no repercussions. So it's illegal until it's not illegal. And the reason why it's illegal is because people who have a lot of power don't want to be recorded. That's why. So I, I, that's why I'm recording. You know, fuck that. Okay, I'm, I'm going to call. And... On speaker. So, hi, David. This is Kevin uh, calling you back? Can you? Oh, sorry for the mix up. It's all right. So, um, I guess. Kind of need to know what the purpose of the call is and wh how long it might take. I think I was re replying to you. You know, you had indicated uh, your situation and your uh, request assistance, and I, uh, when I replied, I indicated to you that we typically do not uh, take the position of, uh, of either reaching out to the other person that you want to conciliate with and say, we've been asked by so-and-so to contact you to see if you're interested. Uh, we don't do that primarily because uh, it would impact the perception of our neutrality. Usually when one, one party hears that another party has asked us to do something for them, even though uh, it's at the preliminary stages, it puts a real struggle for someone to think that we're not acting on your behalf. So we can certainly give you some suggestions on how you can invite them uh, into a process with us and 
connect them with us and we can talk to them at their if they reach out to us. Uh, and then the other thing I had explained is we don't open up, you know, unilateral quote cases to investigate or seek uh, some kind of input or determination on, uh, which is what I thought your uh, request kind of implied you were hoping would happen. So I, I just invited you to give me a call if there were any questions about those limitations or anything else that I could help you understand or consider uh, from what we can do and what we do and within our services. Okay, so um, I think you kind of have it figured out correctly that it's just me on the one side asking for dispute resolution on, to get the other person to respond, I guess. would I don't know, one-sided. It's pretty one-sided at this point. So what would be the, the resources available to a person on one side trying to get essentially this, get the story down, this is the story that I have, and then get the other per side to respond, uh, what resources are available? Well, um, what I would suggest is, I mean, I don't know, have you been in, have you contacted the other side and said, hey, I, you know, we obviously have a conflict here. Are you willing to engage with a third party? Have you asked that? No, not yet, because I thought that's what you guys do, but apparently you don't do it. So I just want to know, is there somebody that else sure. that I should be at? Because, I mean, if I call and ask him to, you know, it's, again, it's the same perception that, you know, well, you're the one that has the dispute. Why are you the one asking, you know, calling me up? And I think that's the reason why courts have process servers, right? They, they're the ones that serve yeah. the legal documents that have nothing to do with either side. They're just like, I just get paid to deliver the documents. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily equate, uh, I don't think the two are, are the same. Uh, so basically, the way I, I recommend that people do is you would reach out to the other person and, and say, I know we have a dispute. I believe that uh, we're called as fellow believers to address it. Uh, I've, you know, been referred to, found an organization that, that uh, acts as a third party to facilitate and walk us through that kind of process. Here's who they are. Here's our website. Um, I uh, at least contacted them to make sure this is what they do. They say they do. I haven't talked details, but are you willing to engage them with me? Um, and in that course, you can also, um, you know, invite them to look at our website. You can invite them to call me uh, directly as you have. I'll certainly explain our process as well as our services with them just like I do with you and then you know if if they say yeah we're interested then I can then I can respond to both of you and say okay here's how we go set that up um, but like I said what happens frequently is if I contact them and say Kevin just called me said he has a dispute with you wants us uh, to help you guys resolve it. Their first question is, "So who are you asking? Who are you working for?" And I, you know, and we just that just isn't. We haven't found that in our experience to be a productive way of engaging. Um, and so, you inviting them to contact us uh, and them contacting us directly is usually the best has the best results. Is is there a uh, is there an equivalent to a process server in uh, in this kind of a mediation dispute process? Um. Well, the, the closest you'll get to it, there is another organization called ICC Peace uh, in Southern California. They use a process that's a little bit more um, similar to what you're describing, where. You know, you can you pay a fee to have them administer the case, and then they'll go out and and see if the other person is willing, and if they are, then find conciliators. So you can contact them; they may be more what you're looking for. Um, you know, but I mean, they they still I mean, they still use the same kind of Christian. Uh, rules of procedure, 
procedure that we use, they do, uh, but they do something that might be more similar to what you're describing. And what does ICCP stand for? Uh, Institute of Christian Conciliation. And then, and so if you just go to ICCP.com, they'll have, uh, they'll have their information on how you initiate a case and, and all of that. Okay, I think I might I might possibly have gotten them confused with you. I, uh, yeah, I think that might be the case that I thought I was engaging with them when in fact I was engaging with you guys. Okay, okay, okay. Clearly, so in, sometimes are are hired as their conciliators, but okay. Um, so I mean, in most instances, we encourage two parties to engage with us together. And we don't serve the kind of service you're describing. So you don't have a list of people that you would uh, recommend for that level of, a, of, I don't even know what you call it. I mean, I in the law, they call it process servers, but uh, it wouldn't be a process yeah, server. And, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I would, process server is simply, you know, isn't the same, uh, and there isn't that, specific type of function that I'm aware of in mediation. Um, you know, so the difference between us and what I just described ICCPs is ICCPs will tell you, Kevin, here's a fee. If you pay it up front to initiate a case, we'll then go out and tell the other party, you know, Kevin wants to engage in this process. Are you willing to engage? If they say yes, then ICCPs will give, you know, say, here's uh, here's a group of conciliators that you can choose from, you choose who that is, and then they administer or oversee that. The difference of what we do is we're working with both parties from the outset. Uh, we do have a, a group of conciliators that work directly with us that we would choose from, but it's a more uh, incorporative, collaborative type process. We don't have, like you say, a process server that, I mean, I don't, I just don't know why that gets you in a voluntary process. I mean, they either say yes or no uh, before or after you start the case. So. so there's a distinct possibility that ICCP would actually hire uh, you guys to be the conciliators in the, in the actual dispute. That's correct. That's correct. All right. Well, I guess um, I'll, I have to, follow up on that and go through ICCP or somebody like that, you know, because I'm in the wrong, uh, wrong room, I guess. I don't know what you want to call it. You probably get that a lot. I would imagine. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm just telling you, you know, those are the different options that you have. So, I mean, that's fine. I don't mind. I never (laughs) am reluctant to share that kind of information. Glad to do it. And it's PEACS, P-E-A-C-E. Not, not just the initials ICCP. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to look up ICCP. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you may have found it in the world of Google, but it'll be much quicker if you I see so Indigo Charlie Charlie and then the word peace. <laughs> <laughs> That's very helpful. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, it'll be less frustrating. For you. <laughs> um. So let's say uh. You know, I'm a Christian and I've been involved in various Christian disputes, but I don't really feel like being a conciliator. I'm, so in some respects, I'm, I'll be a conciliator, but I don't, I don't know how to become one. And I th- don't imagine it's that hard to become, a, say, a Christian uh, process server. Would you guys have a list of people that would be, are signed up willing to be like a uh, process server. Uh, okay, you have a dispute and you got to reach the other person. You don't want to be the one who reaches them and we have no no dealings whatsoever with that other person and we'll reach them and see what they say. And uh, is there such a th- group or people or anything, that, a list of people you have that would be willing to do that? Because I'd be willing to do it for other people. Not on this case, that's for sure. But on, you know, no, yeah. on any case I'm not involved in. Yeah, okay. That's kind of a prerequisite. Um, Even in the law, you cannot be involved in a case where you're a process server. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm not. I'm not aware of anybody providing that kind of service. Uh, I've not seen that service 
other than what I described, ICCP stuff, uh, actually being provided or used. I mean, quite frankly, I mean, for us, our organization, we would probably, um, I mean, and so I don't know if you, you know, put that out there, if you would find people who would want to use that or not, I don't know. I don't have a strong heart for pursuing it, but if somebody were to call me and say, well, I'm in the middle of this dispute, would you mind acting to contact the other person? Cause they don't want to. And I wouldn't mind yeah. doing that at all. I just, uh, you know, I don't feel like I want to be, turn it into a business or some weird thing, you know, and I don't know how to get yeah. on a list yeah. of people willing to do that, except maybe now you're aware of at least one person now who, who can, you get another phone call from somebody and go, well, I know this one guy, he'll do it. Uh, there's nothing official yeah. about it, but, uh, you know, sounds like that's what you wanted. So I guess keep me in okay. mind, you know, I don't really know. Yeah, sure. This is kind of a, in my mind, this isn't a very major dispute. It's a minor dispute. It's more one for the record because this ministry okay. will be in my mind. There are tens of millions of people who suffer from depression and that's a fact. And every single one of those people needs Jesus, every last one. So that's a hundred percent need ratio. <laughs> okay. Right, right, right. So to start a group aimed at helping people with depression by implementing Christian principles is a bit of a no-brainer. And so, mm -hmm. it, isn't it a no-brainer? Well, I can't ask you because you might end up being a facilitator over this dispute. Okay. And to have somebody tell you to your face that you're not the right guy to be running that ministry, something's really wrong there, okay? And I want to get the, that dispute resolved one way or another. And if it doesn't get resolved on this plane of our existence, I have a very distinct impression that, it, that it's going to get resolved in the next plane up in eternity, and there will be higher consequences to pay as a result. So we, we need to fix it here rather than there. So that's my view. I I probably have a pretty skewed view of the whole thing. Well, I mean, I think I'd call the, the pursue reconciliation with one another. I think that's clearly stated an example for us throughout Scripture. And so people should want to do that, but also recognize that many Christians don't understand that. And it's a process to get people to get to that point. So um, yeah. we... We address that every day with people that we work with and are looking for help. All right. Well, I would like to help. And uh, so I'm, okay. I'm willing to become a conciliator if, uh, if there's – if I was actually looking a lot across on a couple of websites of what it takes to become a Christian mediator. And I don't find any, uh, like, degree that you get as Christian mediator, you know. <laughs> well, yeah. They have a program for certification. You can look at their requirements. Um, there's Ambassadors of Reconciliation as an organization that is some kind of a, they provide both training and a certificate type thing. So those would be the two primary um, ministry-based training grounds that I would point you to. There's a lot of other mediation okay, now available, but... You just said Ambassadors of Reconciliation. Is that an actual name of a group, or is that just the title yeah, of somebody yeah, that went through ICC yeah. Peace? No, no, it's a second organization, another organization. Ambassadors Christian Conciliation. Um, huh. so if you just Google the Ambassadors of Reconciliation, you'll, you'll get their website. All right. Well, I have to. I have some self education to do, and. Um, uh, you never know. You might end up being a conciliator on this this goofy yeah. little case. We don't know. And please keep me in mind because well, I think in my okay. mind you're going to be running into people who want to reconcile, but they can't because the other party doesn't want to show up. And that's that's where people like me are willing to come in and, and help move that along a little bit. So mm -hmm. I don't okay. imagine yeah. you get a lot of calls like that, that people are willing to help others because how do you? I don't know how you do it. <laughs> involves making well, unpleasant I keep, phone calls. I will keep that in mind. Yeah. All right. Thank you for the callback. Appreciate okay. it. Sure. Okay. Thank you.
Bye. So, kind of about what you would expect, although I believe I was contacting the wrong group. I thought I was contacting ICCP because uh, I had read their website, and they were they were the ones that were going to go and pursue the reconciliation, pursue the dispute. So I have to kind of restart the whole dispute process now through ICCP. Hopefully I have saved stuff enough so I can just copy and paste, but I just don't know. This is why people give up on things. This is, there's, no, there's nothing in place for a person who has a dispute with another Christian and just say, I want this dispute to be resolved one way or another with Christian believers. And it can't be people at my church because they're, they're all biased one way or another. It can't be people over at such and such church because uh, I don't know why you wouldn't use another church. Okay. And if you're on good terms with that other church, why not just let them become the, the mediators of the dispute? There's a Bible verse about, are you not going to judge angels? Why not these little mini, tiny little disputes that you have among yourselves? Okay. So I'll have to figure out what that verse is because that seems applicable. All right. Well, here's the beginning of the journey of me checking into being a medi mediator, I guess. I don't know if I would be a very good mediator. I'd be probably a better uh, advocator on one side or another. So who knows? Maybe I am a good mediator. I mean, when you when you're trained as an engineer, you 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 take in both sides and then you you make a technical direction decision, okay, based on inductive per uh, points, and inductive points are what's the has the highest probability of succeeding. And so if you take you, sometimes you have to take a radical approach because all the other points are very low probability of succeeding. So as long as you're stuck with low probability points of succeeding, you might as well take a radical approach that gives you a lot more if it actually succeeds. So, you know, here I am. This is where I'm... I don't think anybody's going to be listening to this. I just appreciate being able to record my thoughts and have people listen to, to what the hell is going on. Um... Maybe somewhere there's an insight to give. And people, you know, they, they love to give this insight. Well, if you just were more of a cheerleader, if you just had a more positive attitude, if you just followed such and such Bible verse, I don't mind people telling me Bible verses. And if they apply, they apply it. But most of the time, it seems like when they come up with a Bible verse, it doesn't really apply. You look into the context of it. You look into... Uh, into the actual verse and it doesn't either it doesn't say what they're saying it says or uh it the context is completely not it's at odds with what you're trying to approach or um or it's just bullshit however one of the things in the bible that says is why not just choose to be wronged in these disputes that we have Sometimes, you, you know, I think it's in Peter somewhere. He says, just choose to be wronged. Turn the other cheek. Choose to be wronged. Okay? Um, these are small details, small matters in our lives. And so if we're going to be wronged, be wronged. And forgive and move on. And that's probably pretty wise. However... I am looking at this from the perspective of this multiplying, this kind of a thing multiplies across the board for millions and millions and millions of people in thousands and thousands and thousands of churches. And it's keeping people from entering the kingdom of heaven because they have a, they have a, they have a perception of Christians and how they operate and Christians operate in a very worldly fashion. It is not a misperception. Is a valid perception of Christians. And as a perception of Christianity, which I believe is an invalid perception of Christianity because the Christians are mis, uh, misusing Christianity. They're not doing it correctly. They, they don't know the word or they know the word and they don't want to do the, the word. They want their ears to be tickled. They want to, to pat themselves on the back rather than fix the problem. Or they want to make money 
or they want to be thought of highly. So there it is, I guess. Uh, I'd like to add this episode to, the, or this recording to the previous episode, but I don't even know if I can. Okay, I had just uh, had a message, or I'm a phone call with uh, the folks at the Christian Mediation Place. Turns out I thought I was talking to one group when I was talking to the other. So I went to instituteforchristianconciliation.com. I've clicked through to request mediation, and they have three ways of doing it. Email the ICC, send in forms, mail in the filing fee, and it's a submit a request for mediation. Now here's the clincher. It costs 500 bucks. The first step in the submission process is to notify the ICC office by email that a case is coming in. At the same time, all primary parties need to fill out the reef required intake forms for each individual and one for the organization, in parentheses, if applicable, on parentheses. A required filing fee of $500 can be shared by the parties or paid in full by one party with a check to ICC Peace LLC to ICC Peace LLC, 306 Northwest El Norte Parkway, number 29, Escondido, California, 92026. 500 bucks. Okay. I don't think I'm going to do it. Uh, uh, this didn't appear to be a, um, an option when I was, uh, in the middle of Joel telling me that I wasn't the right person for this. I moved on from that church. If this had been an option, maybe I would have gone through with it. Um, and at the time I could have paid $500 for things. I think that's a bit steep. I don't know. If even at that time I would have thought it was worth five hundred dollars, um, that's steep. So I think uh, I'm going to just go ahead and maybe start my own organization, mediation organization, and it costs you a dollar a minute. If you can send me something and it only takes me three minutes to come up to speed, and I call you and uh, you're charging me, a do- I'm charging you a dollar a minute, and in ten minutes you got your mediation idea or problem out. And then that's $13 instead of 500 But if it takes 500 minutes, then it's $500. Okay? Dollar a minute. I, uh, I'm starting to like this. Uh, I've had this idea for a mediation online. Me- not It was before online, before the internet. It was the 900 numbers. Before, right before the internet hit big, the 900 numbers were big. And you could charge per minute. And I could wanted to charge for mediation on it. Over the phone, dollar a minute. You want to talk, 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 that's fine because you're paying for it and we got your credit card number and poof, you just spent 40 minutes talking about your ridiculous dispute, which gets you all upset. I get it, but we have an axe to grind and you're the one grinding the axe at $40 in 40 minutes. So that's where I'm at. I am not going to pursue this. I don't have $500. Maybe I'll open up a um, GoFundMe account. I'll do this, submit the GoFundMe. You guys pay the $500 and we'll post what what happens. I don't know. Seems like a lot of effort for something that basically Joel King is just being an asshole. And there are Christian assholes and you just, it's just part of the episodes of, of dealing with assholes in Christianity in the book that I need to write. Assholes, bullshit, and Christianity. Know your ABCs. Your assholes, your bullshit, and your Christianity. So this is part of the bullshit. And in dealing with the asshole. Don't know. We'll find out. Maybe. Or maybe not. Resolution Group. Not able to take your call right now. 
leave me a message and I'll call you back as soon as I can. Thank you. At the tone, please record your message. When you've finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. Hi, Dave. Uh, this is Kevin. Uh, uh, we had set up a, a noon uh, Pacific time uh, call for me to give you a call on your cell phone, so I'm calling. And so I guess maybe in a few more minutes I might call you back or something. I'm not really sure. I didn't expect uh, not to be able to reach you. Um, all right. I'll talk to you soon. Hi, David. This is Kevin O'Malley calling um, as a follow-up because uh, I called for our scheduled call for Monday at 12 noon um, Pacific time for our call, and uh, I couldn't reach you. So I believe it's about 12.30 now, so uh, I guess I'll just wait to hear from you. Mm, shoot, I got to hit end. There it is. Asshole.